Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm the music pastor here, and I am accompanied, uh, as usual, by... Chase Jacobs, the Minister of Theological Training. Yes, one of the best. And today we have a particularly special guest, because I believe you're the first non-staff, non-elder guest yes. on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. And Jen Bryant, who's a member here and has been a member for uh, many years, a uh, faithful member of Desert Springs Church. And Jen is going to talk about one of my favorite things, food. Mm. My favorite, too. <laughs> and a little bit of exercise, which I also enjoy. Um, but really, we want to we look at God's Word and how it informs what a Christian should think or how a Christian should think about food, health, exercise, diet, all those, all those things that, uh, that make up our lives and are very common for, for many of us, but a lot of us don't think about what the Bible says about these things. So, a bit of a theology of food and diet, if you will. But first, Jen, tell us who you are and why are we talking to you about this? Um, what do you do for a living? And let's go back even further and tell us how the Lord saved you and got you into this kind or this line of work. Yeah. So I thank you for having me, by yes. the way. I feel honored that I'm the first <laughs> non elder, non staff guest on your that's show. Right. So that's Big great. Deal. I'm really happy to be here. Um, so I became a Christian somewhere between eighth grade and my freshman year of college. It was sort of one of those things where, like, I kept saying I needed to be saved because I wasn't sure I was mm. saved. Mm. And so it happened multiple times in that okay. span, right? And um, so the Lord really, I think, got a hold of my heart my freshman year of college. It was I was a counselor at a camp in Iowa, and I just saw so many amazing things happen that summer. And so I just knew that, like, that was the truth, and mm. I wanted to be a part of of God's family. Wow. So I became a Christian. Um, that's probably what I would say my freshman year of college. Um, before that, it was uh, I was a typical high schooler. I was in sports, and I, I believed in God, but I didn't really know what that meant, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that was really when my interest in nutrition started, too. So I'll tie that in a little bit here. I was really obsessed in high school with being skinny. Mm. And I was surrounded by people, which I'm sure many of our listeners are as well, with people who were just constantly dieting and trying to lose weight. And 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 then that's perpetuated by the media, yeah. right? And you see all these pictures of the perfect body or, you know, these TV shows where these people just don't seem to struggle with it and they just naturally look good. And I just... I remember always thinking, why can't I be like that? Why is this so hard? Mm. So that led me to then when I got to college, uh, I decided to major in nutrition. And so I went through college and got my degree in nutrition. And then after college to become a registered dietitian, you have to do a year internship and then you have to pass an exam. And then I went on to get my master's in nutrition as well. Um, and then for my first 10 years of my professional career, I worked at an endocrinology clinic here in town, and I worked specifically in weight management. And that was really where the Lord started to teach me that nutrition is not separate from your faith. And so that was really kind of where I started putting the two together. And I think a lot of people do that. We 
kind of compartmentalize our lives. Mm -hmm. And we think, well, my faith is this and my nutrition is this, and they don't go together at all. And that was really where I saw a disconnect in my life. And then the Lord started teaching me these, that all the things in scripture, right, are profitable for all parts of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're saying what we think and believe about God can affect the way we eat. I think absolutely. And the way we sleep and yes. diet and exercise and all that. Yes. That's really good. Now, Jen, you, you've told me before, um, if you don't mind sharing, uh, that you, you struggled with an eating disorder. You said you were obsessed with being skinny. So yes. was that in the high, in your high school so, or college? or Yeah. You know? So I would say it started in high school and then it snowballed in college. So what was happening was I sort of had this preoccupation with with the way I looked. So the body image was really becoming an idol, to be honest. And then what would happen is I would find myself just constantly thinking about food and what was the next thing I was going to eat and was that going to make me gain weight? And then what was happening is, and this is this is a psychological phenomenon that's so interesting to me, but the more we think about something, the and especially with food deprivation or restriction, the more we want it. Hmm. And so what was happening was I sort of found myself in the cycle of like I would overeat and and it was not, you know, quote unquote healthy food, right? I'm overeating things that were not good for me. And then I would feel so guilty that I would try to undo it with extra exercise or with, you know, fasting. And I would justify it as, yeah. oh, this is fasting for religious purposes mm. or whatever. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it just snowballed. Yeah. And so I I got stuck in the cycle of overeating and then not eating and then overeating and then and it was terrible. And I felt terrible and I couldn't I couldn't, you know, live my life and do the things I wanted to do. I was I was basically a slave to that kind yeah. of mentality for a few years. It's like Adam and Eve in the garden only thinking about the forbidden fruit. Because they just walked around all day yes. just only thinking about the one thing they couldn't eat and instead of enjoying all the good things that God has given us in creation. Um, that's kind of what we do with with diet. And, and, right. yeah. and yeah. Yeah, it's, it, Drew, it's interesting that you mentioned that. It kind of makes me think of, you know, the whole Bible is a redemptive story, right? And even um, with food, there's a story of redemption that runs through the whole Bible at the very beginning with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, the fall into sin. You know, the, the the Bible says that Eve saw that the food was good to eat. It was more than that. It was, it was disobedience. It was a kind of idolatry right there. But then through the whole Bible, this was something I noticed uh, several years ago, that food runs through the whole Bible. Yeah. There's food all the time in all of these different ways with with different relationships and it goes all the way to the end in the story of redemption we sit down and we eat food that yeah. God has given to us praise God so there is even now as we're trying to live these redeemed lives I love what you're saying that we should think about food um, in relationship to everything else that is under God's sovereignty right and so um, that would be I guess the next question is you you put a, a great uh, example out there, and I think a lot of people can struggle with this, of having the wrong motivations for thinking about how we eat. Or maybe some people just don't even think about that we have to, you know, I think for some people it's just, this is something i got to put in three times a day so that I can keep on going, not even thinking about it. Some people have way too much of a focus on it. But what's the right focus? What, is, what vision does the Bible give us for how we're supposed to think about food? I don't think it's any coincidence that the Lord made us that we need food multiple times a day. Mm. And there's so many references in Scripture to spiritual food and yeah. how we need spiritual food. And so I I actually thought about this a couple weeks ago. I was thinking, 
you know, we eat three times a day physical food, maybe more. Mm. Some of us eat more mm-hmm. than that, right? How often do we take in spiritual food? You know, how mm. often are we thinking about the Lord? How often are we praying to him? How often are we reading our Bibles and meditating on scripture, memorizing scripture? I think we need to be doing it as much, if not more, mm. than how we feed our physical bodies. Yeah, if somebody only ate once a week, right? they would... They would not make it. They would not last very long. But that's how often many people feed themselves. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't think that's a coincidence that God made us to need physical food. And I do think it's so funny, probably because of what I do for a living, that that there's so many references to food in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think about it, too, Jesus calls himself the bread of life, Mm. right? So he's our sustaining food. Yeah. So I just think that's so interesting. But there's a lot. There's a lot. In scripture, yeah, for sure. Yeah. How should the Bible influence and motivate uh, good health for us? Yeah. So this is this is hard because if you think about in biblical times when the Bible was written, we they did not have extra food available. They did not have you know aisles and aisles of processed cereal or chips, or candy, or cookies. I mean, food is so much more available now than it was. And so we have to dig a little bit deeper into Scripture about what God is telling us to do with our food choices, just because it was not— there's no place in Scripture besides there are a handful that talk about gluttony as a sin, but it's not that common. This was not an issue as it is now. And so I think with that, some of what we can apply from the Bible is how the Bible specifically tells us that, you know, number one, our bodies are a holy temple Mm -hmm. of the Lord, Mm -hmm. right? The Holy Spirit dwells in us. So I use this metaphor sometimes when I'm talking about this with clients, but if you were to, let's say, leave your temple, leave your body, leave your house in the care of someone else for a little while, what would your instructions be to them? Mm. Would you tell them to go to the store and buy all the cookies or all the soda? Mm. Would you tell them never to sleep or never to exercise? No, that's not something that you would tell somebody to do to take care of your house. Mm. So I think that's a good question is how can we take care of the temple of our whole uh, where the Holy Spirit is dwelling? Um, and so there are multiple places where Paul, for example, talks about taking care of your your body as a temple. And he's specifically addressing sexual immorality right. in most of these cases mm-hmm. because that was really the sin issue at the time. But I think so many of those passages can be applied to uh, nutrition and how we feed our bodies as well, because that's a similar phenomenon in how we're taking care of our yeah. physical being. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, the distinction is, which you alluded to, that in our culture, when we think about taking care of your body, that's largely in really in a visual sense, right? Like that we think, okay, well, then that means look toned like this or be skinny like this or thing. And that's not the motivation that you're talking about. No. That's not the goal. What, what is the goal? What should somebody have in mind and say, okay, I want to honor God and I want to use my body as this temple for him, therefore I'm striving for what? 
Yeah, so I think about Colossians 3 quite a bit, where uh, Paul is instructing the Church of Colossae to work for the Lord, to work heartily for the Lord. Mm. If you think about, you know, and I think about in college when I was going through this, um, you know, this cycle of unhealthy behaviors, and it affected my physical body. I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. I couldn't think clearly. So I think that in order to do the work the Lord has set for us, and that looks different for all of us, right? I mean, you both are in full-time ministry. That That's not what I do, but I work as well for the Lord, right? We should all, in whatever we're doing, whatever our vocation, we should be working for the Lord. And really the truth is we can't do that well when we're sick, when we don't feel well, when we're preoccupied with what we're going to eat. Um, you know, and this applies to the younger generation as well. You know, you can't perform as well in school or with sports or with your friends or having conversations. And so I think that the motivation should really be to do everything to the Lord. And Mm -hmm. that includes the choices that we're making with our food. Yeah. You can think about it like, uh, say, you know, a parent, and this, and this is a right motivation too, for parents. Um, you want to be able to spend time and energy with your grandkids. Right. And so, you think about how you're you're taking care of your body now so that when you are older, you haven't done things in your youth that have gotten you to the point where you can't get down on your knees, you know, gotten you to the point where you can't exert a lot of energy going on a walk to the playground. That's not a bad motivation to say, I want to take care of myself now for in that long-term hope that I'll be able to love these grandkids later. Well, the same is, is for the Lord, I think, that we want to keep our bodies healthy and strong. Now, we live in a fallen world. You're not going to do that perfectly, right? right. Um, the, you know. There's no diet that's going to prevent sin and the the effects of sin from uh, taking their effect, but you can prolong your ability to to serve the Lord and serve other people, and that's a great motivation. And Absolutely. you know, you know what? From that, um, if a, a byproduct of that is you're skinnier, that's great. You know, if a byproduct of that is um, that you know you've got more muscle mass or you know whatever, but that's not what we're motivating ourselves right. by. It's it's for the glory of God. And that's a that vanity motivation is yeah. what I call it, whatever that means you know, to you. It looks different for different people, but it's not a lasting motivation. Hmm. It comes and goes. And so you know, if you are somebody who has found yourself in sort of this diet cycle where you're just constantly trying a new diet, hmm. you know, that might be something really to explore. What are my motivations and how can I you know, rearrange those motivations so that it's the right motivation so that what I'm doing is pleasing to the Lord. That's good. Yeah. Whatever we do, whether we eat or drink or whether we don't eat or don't drink, we do all to the glory of God. And I love that we can eat and drink to the glory of God. Like you said, God's designed us this way. We, We need food. And like I said earlier, I love food and I love that food tastes good and that it's, it's communal. It, it brings us together. Um, and there's, and there's so many images in the in the Bible that talk about food and feasting and and then spiritual food. So let's talk about fruit for a second. Um, some people uh, love fruit, hate fruit, whatever. Make it into a smoothie. Um, can treat it like a dessert. Get your get your daily uh, fructose. Um, but we're we're not really going to talk about actual fruit. <laughs> right? Even though this is a podcast about actual food. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking. So let's about... let's talk about spiritual fruit. There you go, and how that applies to all that we're talking about. I mean, I think that all of those things tie into feeding. We're feeding our souls, right? And I think that we can't be overall healthy people without both. We have to yeah. feed our bodies well physically and also spiritually. Yeah, 
we need a, a well-rounded spiritual diet, exactly, uh, which would incru- include uh, Galatians five, fruits of the spirit, um, and uh, and so what what uh, what fruits of the spirit specifically would you encourage people to consider when they're thinking about diet? Yeah, so that's that's just a great verse. That's one of my favorites. I love it. Yes, I have it. Galatians five twenty two and twenty three. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So I use this verse a lot, actually, with my clients, and we sort of go piece by piece, and really so many of these apply to nutrition and how we feed our bodies. There's a couple that kind of stand out more than others. So uh, one of the big ones is self-control, right? So the Lord calls us to be self-controlled. And so, you know, I'll use this example for myself, I just love peanut M&Ms. They're <laughs> like my favorite doesn't? thing. Unless my you have an allergy. <laughs> Which but, actually my husband could, does. You could still love them. <laughs> I, I still they love them. They just might kill you. Um, but I cannot buy a large package of them because I will overeat them. Because you'll eat them. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time practicing self-control with those peanut M&Ms. Mm. But the Lord calls us to self-control. Mm. So in and of itself, we're called to have self-control with some of those things and foods that we feel are hard sometimes. So self-control is one for sure. Patience is another one. Um, I think this one is huge with nutrition because we all just expect ourselves to be able to make a 180 degree change mm. and turn overnight. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's the, presented. Yeah, to you us. see yeah. the YouTube video, and it's like, here's the before, here's the after, and yeah. you miss the 365 yeah. days in between right. that got them there. lose 100 percent body fat and gain 100 pounds of muscle in six weeks. Right, right. That's I mean that's yeah, hyperbole, but. We've yeah. seen those on every bottle and magazine and now Instagram post. And, and, and so we have this expectation that we can change quickly right. and that, um, that we can even change our thinking, that we can change our habits, and we can change our appearance and our body and our health quickly. But you're saying it takes time. It yeah. takes patience. And it yeah. takes time for both, right? Our, our minds to change so that we're, you know, we talked about the proper motivations earlier. And so we can't just expect to all of a sudden, a hundred percent of the time have the right motivation, mm, yeah. right? We're going to catch ourselves at times wishing that we looked like so-and-so or, you know, making that comparison. And then we're going to catch ourselves and say, no, no, that's not the way that the Lord wants me to think about how I treat my body. That's good. So patience, um, you know, along with that perseverance, we've mm. got to just stick with it. We got to keep going. You know, I think about all of Paul's examples of running the race, right? He's yeah. and he's of course talking about spreading the gospel and yeah. and making it uh, so that all people can hear. And it's a it's a long race, right? It's not a sprint; it's right. a marathon. Mm. Changes like that too, yeah. you know. So it's a bit of a spiritual fruit smoothie. Right. You put the, all those together and then you drink that every day. Uh, I quote I quote that to my kids a lot with in terms of self-control or just how they interact with their siblings or with with uh, me as a parent. Um, but self-control, I think of the proverb that says uh, a man without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Yeah. Um, it, there's yeah, it's, you're letting out all the good and all the bad is coming in. Right. Uh, there's no there's no protection there. Uh, there's no security uh, with without self control. So yeah, that's yeah, really be, important. 
That'd be another interesting study for somebody to do. One, and go through the whole Bible and pay attention to all the food stuff is really fascinating. But then, especially in the New Testament, look at what it says about self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always, I'm struck by this, that in Acts 24, um, Paul is, is talking with Felix, who's a man in authority, and, he, and it says he's explaining the faith in Christ. And the summary of that is, righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment. So I wonder how many people, if they were going to say, this is faith in Jesus Christ, would mention self-control. Because for Paul, that was key in there. Mm -hmm. Or when Paul's writing to Timothy, um, and I think it's in 2 Timothy, he says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and self-control. So this self-control thing really is a a huge deal. And when it comes to food, there's, there's not many things in our life, maybe nothing, where three times a day, you said we eat three times a day, three times a day we open up the refrigerator and we just say, what do I want? Right. That's how most of us approach food. It's just what is going to make me happy right now without any thought to measurement of mm-hmm. should I have that? Right. What, should be, what should I have, not mm-hmm. what do I want? Um, and what I've noticed is the more disciplined I am in exercising self-control, it builds on itself, right? Like mm-hmm. you even mentioned, uh, you know, you don't have the self-control to not eat peanut M&Ms where they're right in front of you. So you exercise self-control on not buying them. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, yes. And, and the more we make those little decisions like that, all of these virtues and these fruits of the Spirit, they don't, they don't just like magically happen. They're cultivated and they yeah. grow. And so in virtue and character, you practice it and then it grows. And the right. Spirit, that's how He grows that. So the more we exercise self-control in our food, you will find you're more self-controlled in how you spend your money and right. more self-controlled in how you spend your time, more self-controlled in about, you know, whether or not you lose your temper, all of these things. So it kind of builds on itself. But then I love that you mentioned patience too. Mm-hmm. It does take time. It, does. it doesn't happen overnight. Um, it's and, just, yeah. Yeah, and I love that you talk about um, we have to change the way we think mm-hmm. and the way we feel about this. And our motivations are so important. Right. Um, I think of Romans 12. We yep. have to renew our minds according to his word. We have to think about ourselves our bodies, our health, the way God thinks about it and wants us to think about it, um, that has to be the driving force uh, for us to then make these other changes in in our health and diet and self-control. That'll be the, the motivation for self-control, yeah, is because, um, because we're made in the image of God and He cares about our bodies and He cares what we do with our bodies. Um, that's clear uh, throughout all of Scripture. And so we should make decisions uh, because of that, because of who God is and how he has made us. And, and the fact that we belong to him, uh, that's, uh, Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. We don't belong to ourselves, right. but we were bought with a price. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, the Bible, I think, has, has much to say uh, about this. And we've talked about magazines, we've talked about social media. Man, social media has really changed the landscape mm-hmm. for how we think about the health industry and diet industry and all that. So, uh, Jen, you could help us think through this, and and particularly this this idea of comparison mm-hmm. and how we are to uh, look at ourselves versus what we see on our screens all I, the time. I think of uh, the there's a book called Lies Women Believe. I don't know. You guys have maybe not read it. That's one of my favorite books for uh, women, yeah. but <laughs> there's on actually one for men as well. I believe. Um, sure. But anyways, I think about this, and it's so prevalent to how we think about nutrition in our bodies. We just believe so many lies. Mm. And I think comparison is is really one of those lies. We think um, that, you know, we're not good enough if we don't look like so-and-so, or, you know, we're not, uh, we're not 
worthy or mm. whatever the, mm. the idea is. And really, when you talk about comparison, it's not that we shouldn't compare ourselves ever, but we really should be comparing ourselves to Jesus, mm. right? So that's really the focus. We want to make sure that we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're thinking about, we're setting our minds on things above, not on the things of this earth. And so I think that really does give us better motivation. And we have to be guarding with, especially with social media, especially right now, it's become this, you know, very hard, toxic conversation in many areas. And so, you know, be friends with people who are uplifting, who are encouraging, who are helpful in your journey, you know, with your faith, not people who are making false promises or giving you false concepts or ideas of how you should look or what you should be. The only being we should compare ourselves to is Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you said fix your eyes. I think that's the problem. When we're seeing ad- ad- advertisements, we're seeing things that people are putting on Instagram, we start to fix our eyes on that. And we start to idealize that version of life or that that version of the good that that person has. We say, that person is flourishing and I want what they have. Mm. And so you've set your eyes just so low. You've set your eyes on just the, the creature rather than the creator. Or fixing our eyes on ourself. Yeah, and that's what right. we look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we are just, uh, it, you know, it reminds me of the C.S. Lewis, you know, that we're kids playing in the mud and, and we're not enjoying the holiday at the beach because right. we just have our eyes fixed on something that's so low um, and that's really going to just disappoint us all the time. Mm-hmm. You're just going to jump around from time, you know, from, from thing to thing, from vision to vision. And especially with social media, you know, what people are putting out as their good life, you know, that's not it. You know, they're not showing you all the bad stuff that's going on in their life. They're not showing you that they are struggling just as much as you are with their body image and that they're not nearly as happy or carefree as they look like in that picture. And we just have to get it into our heads that that's not real. That's not real life. Right. Um, and, and, what you're saying that Jesus holds out the vision of human flourishing. Jesus Jesus holds out the vision of good. And it's so much more than looking right. It's so much more than um, being perceived as attractive in our society. It's yeah. being right with God and, and being happy with God. Yeah. Mm. John Piper has a great quote about comparison. He says, comparison is either wallowing or boasting, mm. neither of which is helpful. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, comparison yeah, is a thief of joy. Yeah. Uh, I've heard someone else put it. Um, as you were talking, Jen, I just couldn't help but think of making up some WWJE bracelets. <laughs> what would Jesus eat? Yes. Um, <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe get somebody to sponsor the podcast and we can put, we'll out, some, some put out some bracelets and some clothing. Um, <laughs> well, I love it. Yeah, I think I think this is all really helpful. Um, I just keep, I keep thinking of the, uh, this idea that we're yeah we're body and soul and uh, we're embodied souls and that God has made us this way and th- there's a reason like you said we have to eat and there's a reason um, that our bodies uh, respond to food and uh, positive or negative ways um, but it's good for us to think about these things mm-hmm. and to think uh, biblically about these things we're not gnostics we're not uh, we don't believe that that all physical matter is evil and therefore should be shunned and not even considered or thought about. Yeah. Um, but but as we often do, we let the pendulum swing too far in one direction or the other. Either we don't ever think about this, and that's unhealthy, or we always think about this, right. and that's unhealthy. And I've been on both sides of that pendulum. Um, and I can tell you that, in yeah, there's a balance to be had, 
And that comes through the Holy Spirit working in us uh, to cultivate in our hearts a, uh, a desire for the Lord and the things of the Lord, like you said, eyes above, seeking first the kingdom. And then also considering um, how these daily decisions affect our lives um, and affect not just our lives, but the lives of our family and friends and neighbors because of our usefulness or lack thereof, or we're not getting enough sleep or we're not getting enough exercise. And so we're just, yeah, we're not as useful for, for kingdom purposes. Right. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is a, a full topic. Yeah. As we started into this conversation, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I expected to kind of open up all these different avenues that right. we could explore right. in considering food, our bodies, health. Uh, so, man, we might have to have you back, Jen, and, and do yeah. a part two on it, this. It just reminds me, you know, this is a little out of context, but Paul's saying, whether you eat or drink, right. do it all for the glory of God. Exactly. Even your eating and drinking is God-oriented and yeah. can, can glorify God. I love that. I love that verse. That's yeah. like my life verse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do everything for the glory of God, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, Obviously, we want to direct people to your website. You have a website, right? What's that address? So it's uh, nourishednutritioncounseling.com. And I actually have a great uh, newsletter. It's totally free where I just talk about a lot of this. I do, you know, writings and all, you know, all things food and faith Mm. is basically what I call it. So I love to point people to that. I think it's a great little online community. And then I just started a Facebook group specifically for this, to encourage people. And um, and so I would love for people to reach out to me through Facebook too and, and be a part of something positive on social media. That's great. And Jen, you you help lead one of our women's Bible studies as well, right? I do, yeah. yeah. So you're doing the, the John We're study. We're doing John, yeah. which is why I mentioned earlier the bread of life, because we just, yeah. you know, I was just reading that this morning actually, and I was like, what a great picture, right? That Jesus sustains us. He's mm-hmm. our food. Amen. I just love that. Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good closing thought. Jen, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for helping us think yeah. through this. We thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. Yeah. You've been listening to the Desert Springs Church podcast. If you would like more information about anything we've been talking about today, please email us info at dscabq.com. We want to thank Jen Bryant again for being with us today. And on behalf of Drew Hodge, I'm Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. Mm-hmm.